This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. You're listening to The Subjective Truth. Written and produced by Jeremy Ellett. Starring Addison Peacock as Graham Anderson. The Subjective Truth is a work of serialized fiction. If this is your first time listening to The Subjective Truth, please start with episode one. and welcome to the Blue Mesa Hotel. Are you checking in? I sure am. I believe I have a reservation. Should be under the name Anderson. Graham Anderson. Yes, sir. There you are. We have you staying with us for six days, correct? Not a sir, but yeah. Sounds right. And I requested to be put in room 1421. Oh, the writer's room. I hope you brought a blank notebook. Does it have to be blank? Notebooks don't stay blank for very long around me. Not a problem. We have some for sale in the gift shop. I definitely recommend picking one up. You don't want to miss your chance to talk to the writer. Oh, shoot. That doesn't sound good. Unfortunately, Mr. Anderson, your room is being cleaned at the moment. But it should be ready very soon. Mrs. Anderson. But yeah, no worries. You can leave your luggage here with me, and if you'd like, we have our world-famous never-ending open mic going around the clock in the lobby. That'll work just fine. Thank you. It's just past me and to the right. Treat yourself to a free show before your trip gets started. Thank you. My pleasure, Mr. Anderson. Jesus fucking And I'll be sure to have someone let you know the minute your room is ready. Thank you. According to a BuzzFeed article I skimmed, The Blue Mesa Hotel's never-ending open mic claims to have been continuously operating since June 1st, 1937, at 8 p.m. One act after another. Comics, poets, storytellers, singers, rappers, everyone and anyone is allowed to perform their art. 15 minutes at a time. I found a seat in the back. On stage, a young white college guy strummed four chords on an acoustic guitar. I thought he might start singing, but nope. Just strumming away. And I typed the following note into my phone. My first impression of the Blue Mesa Hotel is far different from what I expected to find when I arrived. It's strange, for sure, but in a normal way. Floral-patterned couches, navy blue carpet, fake silk plants, generic pastel paintings. The scariest part of this hotel seemed to be its 1990s decor. Mrs. Anderson? Uh, yeah. That's me. If you'll just follow me, I'll escort you to your room. 
Room 1421, or the writer's room, is going to be all the way at the end of the hallway here. And lucky you, it only shares one wall with another room, so you won't have to hear voices coming through the walls. I, I mean, noisy neighbors, not ghosts. Did you bring a notebook? Odette at the front desk let me know to pick one up. Oh, you got a turquoise one. Nice. They were all turquoise. Still nice. And speaking of nice, did you know that room 1421 is usually where we put our guests of honor? I'm a guest of honor? Really? Well, no, you just booked it. But lots of actually famous celebrities have stayed in that room. Jimmy Carter, Russell Crowe, Chris O'Dell, Scott Stapp before that, uh thing happened with the cows. Well, now I know you're messing with me, because no one would ever refer to Scott Stapp as a guest of honor. You got me. <laughs> but, Scout's Honor, I did hear that Stephen King stayed with us when he was writing the screenplay for Maximum Overdrive. But that's not exactly something we like to brag about. Hey, I kind of like that movie. When the vending machine kills that guy with sodas? <laughs> it's pretty funny. I don't think it's supposed to be funny. Well, thanks. Uh... Jack. If you need anything else while you're here, just give me a call. Instead of reaching for a tip, Jack hands me a piece of paper with his name on it. No number. No email. Just his name. Jack Piano. Fucking weirdo. Also, I wanted to ask, is this going to be on the show? I mean me. Am I going to be on the show? Oh, I didn't realize you knew who I... Maybe I'll find a way to work you in. Would it help if I told you I was abducted by Nordic aliens? Were you? No, but I've been trying. I'll definitely let you know if I ever get them to pick me up. Thanks, Jack. Standing inside of room 1421, I tried to imagine what it would have been like for Amy. Waking up here, lost, confused, and alone. I thought for sure something might look out of place, but the room, just like the hotel itself, was a bit of a letdown. A queen-size bed, a window you can't open, Curtains that smelled like stale cigarettes, a nightstand, a copy of the Gideon's Bible, a desk, a chair, and a closet. In one corner of the room, an old 27-inch box TV was mounted to the wall. No secret tunnels or passageways. No portals to another realm. No sketchy hotel employees with shifty eyes. So far, nothing I'd seen from this hotel would indicate that it had such a strange history tied to it. Until I went into the bathroom and noticed the copper clawfoot bathtub. The writer's room is haunted by the ghosts of all the writers who stayed at the hotel back in the early 20th century. But they aren't here to scare you. 
to moan or boo in the night. They're just here to do what they do best, to write. To open the lines of communication, place a blank notebook and a black pen on the desk. Open the notebook. Leave the first ten pages blank. And on the eleventh page, write a short message. Close the notebook. Leave the room for at least two hours. When you return, open the book and read your reply. I had a few hours before I was scheduled to meet with Daniel Thompson, the handler for the cadaver dogs I'd hired to search the Carson National Forest. So I decided to try it out. Sounds like roadside hocus pocus, but like I said, I had some time to kill, so why not play along? I bought a notebook in the gift shop, skipped to page 11, and wrote a simple hello. Daniel? Yes, siree. Cadaver Dan's the name and Blackjack's my game, but I'm not good at it. It's Graham, right? That's me. This pretty lady right here is named Lucy. After Lucille Ball, of course. And the shy one in the back? Aw, oh, he's a cute little guy. Don't let him fool you. He looks young because he's small, but he's an old little motherfucker. We call him Mr. Feeney. Cute son of a bitch, ain't he? Come on, let's go. How does this work? Do they just lead you around until they find something? Not exactly, no. What we're gonna do is basically let them run a little wild and see what they can find. I take it they'll let you know if they find something? Yeah, for sure. They're being a little hyper right now, but that's just normal dog shit. Once they alert on something, you'll see. It'll be real obvious. They want that treat. Don't we all? (laughs) I know that's right. Uh, Oh, you brought a bottle. Want a swig? I'm good. Suit yourself. Uh, You'll probably change your mind once we get to walking. Do they always work in pairs? Actually, each of them is going to work alone. That way, if one alerts... We can use the second dog to sort of double check. Lucy is usually pretty solid, but Mr. Feeney be bullshitting sometimes. On the phone, you said this is for your investigation or something? We're hoping to find a hiker who's been missing since last June. Shit, really? That didn't sound hopeful. Eh, who knows? Maybe we'll get lucky. So, which uh, department or branch or whatever are you from? Not that it matters. I'll go hunting cadavers with anybody, really. Actually, it's for an investigation podcast. No shit. Man, you should have told me. I've actually got my own podcast. It's called Autopsies and Automobiles. We talk about weird ways people have died. And cars. My wife wanted to call it caskets and milkshakes, 
But I told her that sounded like we were going to be talking about drinking people. Like we're some damn Gary Recipe podcast. In my line of work, cannibalism is not exactly the rumor you want to have started about yourself. Can't imagine that'd be good for business. Sometimes I wonder, though, what all the hype is about, you know? Those Garys seem to love it. Must be something about it. Uh. <laughs> I'm just fucking around. Uh, humans are disgusting. On day one, we focused our search around the Black Mountain Campground and North Fork Eureka Creek. We covered a large area, lots of walking and dog barking, but nothing that constituted a hit. The lobby of the Blue Mesa was alive with action when I arrived back around 8 p.m. Yay! Yeah, this truck like swans, we serve push-ups. Cause life crooked, just shit that ain't never shook us. He was staying at the wall, said it's hard for him to look up. A large bald man was dressed like a baby, holding a practical joke-sized baby bottle and freestyle rapping over TV show theme songs. Took a lot of heart, hustle till you get you a knot. Huh. Is you a shark or a fish? That's how we painted out. Fuck all them records, my circle small as a cookie crisp. Big gangsta ain't gotta flex on the book and shit. No, it's a problem, I'm really gonna try to look at shit. Apparently in Taos, at the Blue Mesa Hotel at 8 p.m., this kind of thing drew a crowd. When I got back to my room, I noticed I'd received a reply in my notebook. Underneath where I'd written hello, in a very flowing, feminine, cursive handwriting, it read, How are you doing, Graham? And then below that, fine or not fine at all. Circle one. Again, not exactly the nightmare fuel I expected to be doused with at the Blue Mesa Hotel, but I'll bite. I circled not fine at all, and added, who am I speaking with? On my second day with Dan, Lucy, and Mr. Feeney, we planned to comb through the area from Burn Peak to Webster Pass, Lookout Peak, and up north to Trail Peak, forming a nice triangle on the map, and covering two full square miles in distance. It was an ambitious plan, but not impossible with the right conditions. We didn't get those kind of conditions. You feel that? That teasing rain is finally gonna let us see something. Lucy, let's go. Graham, how about you and me go grab some grub? I know where we can get the best damn wings in New Mexico. You know what? Yeah. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. I can drop the dogs off on the way. You're gonna love this place. Only one thing wrong with it. What's that? Yeah, the son of a bitch who owns the joint ruined my life. What? Why do you want to eat there? Fate is a motherfucker, man. 
but the wings are goddamn delicious. Where's this place at? It's kind of tucked away in the back of a weird little hotel. You walk in, they got some weird shit on stage or whatever. Walk past that and keep to your right. You'll smell them before you'll see them. The Blue Mesa Hotel? Winner, winner, chicken wing dinner. That's actually where I'm staying this week. <laughs> Fuck that place. Uh, I wouldn't sleep in that hotel if they paid me $16 an hour. You believe in ghosts? I hunt cadavers for a living, man. Fuck yeah, I believe in ghosts. It all seems so cheesy. I feel like I just walked into the fourth movie of some stretched thin horror franchise. Don't worry. If you're at the Blue Mesa more than a couple days, fate's gonna find you. And he's gonna fuck with you. You ever see a dead body, Graham? Um... <laughs> Shit. Say less. go. Dozen lemon pepper, dozen atomic sauce. While Dan and I tore through our wings, on stage a woman rode a unicycle and balanced six spinning plates on her fingertips and nose. Her impeccable balance was on full display while I felt completely overwhelmed with my life. Mm. Mm. There's that little motherfucker right there. Who? With one atomic sauce finger, Dan pointed across the room to a small man in a purple and green velvet suit. The man is chatting up a woman wearing, how should I say this, a lot of turquoise. Mm. This is classic fate. Her husband's probably in the bathroom right now. Fate saw his opportunity to screw something up so he's sliding right in there. Guy's probably gonna come back in a few minutes. See this thing going down? and then they're gonna get into an unnecessary fight. All for what? I think I'm finally catching on. Fate is that guy's name. And he's the guy who you think ruined your life? Yeah. What, did you think I was being all fucking cryptic? No. Oh, that motherfucker Fate is a real son of a bitch. Stay away from him. Hey, Dan! I didn't see you come in. How are your wings? Hey, how's it going, man? Fucking dickhead. Dan gives Fate one big orange thumbs up, which he slowly morphs into a middle finger as Fate looks away. The notebook was laying open on the desk when I returned to my room. The reply was... Hard to explain. Do you want to meet me? I, of course, wrote back, yes. I mean, what else could I possibly say? At the time, I was convinced it was just someone who worked at the hotel sneaking in and writing in the notebook. I fell asleep watching Atlanta and woke up again to the sound of my neighbor violently coughing. <coughs> 
now fully awake, I decided to venture downstairs. Who would do open mic comedy in the middle of the night? Money to spare every time you die. Yep, just keep at it. A middle-aged sweater-clad comedian and his cat. Somebody, call security. That's who does open mic comedy in the middle of the night. They each had a stool and a mic and sat a few feet apart on the stage. The man would do the setup and the cat would meow the punchline. There were only a few of us in the crowd and no one laughed, but the comedian was having an absolute blast. Who are you? Woo, yeah, mm. that was, uh... It was 3.37. I was supposed to meet Dan in four hours, but that is when fate showed up. Somebody call security. Don't I know you from somewhere? Possibly. Oh, I know! Boom shakalaka guy! You got me. The Graham Anderson! In my hotel! How can I be so lucky? What brings you out here to little old Taos? I've been looking into the Buddha Klein disappearance. And you're here now watching bad stand-up comedy? Why? Do you believe he's backstage or something? I couldn't sleep. Thought I'd at least enjoy a show while I did the whole middle-of-the-night zombie shuffle. I'll be back out there beating the bushes again tomorrow morning. Or today, I guess I should say. Sounds like the long day ahead of you has already started. Let fate here buy you around. What's your drink? Oh, this is actually just soda. No hard stuff for me. What could one drink possibly hurt? Uh... No hard stuff for me. Why not? We all know this is basically a vacation. Go on, just for tonight. Live like it's still the 90s and you're still that guy shouting boom chakalaka into every American living room. Oh well, I was just trying to be polite. Fate's not going to twist your arm. Do you still hang out with the rest of those Sports Central guys? No, we had a bit of a falling out. That's too bad. You guys seemed like you really had some fun. Yeah. For a time, we really did. Lots of wild parties. Just you, all of your friends, and the woman you love. You have a couple drinks, get behind the wheel, maybe it starts raining. Uh... But you don't want to stop. You decide to keep going. She's asleep in the passenger seat completely unaware of what awaits her, and then... Somebody, call security.
The sudden roar from the small crowd pulled my attention away for just a second. And when I turned back, fate was gone. Ooh, looks like I've got another message. What the fuck? Scrawled into the notebook was a message. Open the closet door. Whoever had written it had pressed so hard the paper tore. The message was scratched back and forth as if it had been outlined and outlined over and over. Who's in there? This isn't funny. I'm done with the game. I quit. I just need to get some sleep, so come on, let's go. I thought it might be fate. Like this was just some game he liked to play with tourists. I'd swing open the closet door and fate would be sitting there grinning, laughing at me. I'm serious, asshole. Stop with the fucking theatrics. If this really was part of the act, fucking bravo. Standing ovation. Charged with fear, I ran to the closet door and flung it open. What the... The closet was empty. I exhaled and closed the door. Good one, guys. Good one. I turned back and was going to close the notebook when I noticed that there was another reply. Again, in flowing cursive. We all come back. Sorry I'm late. You look like shit. <laughs> Have a long night? Yeah, it was pretty wild. I watched a guy do a two-man stand-up comedy routine with a cat. Tom and the cat? Seriously? You've heard of him? Yeah, I saw him at the Chuckle Bucket a few years ago before it was shut down. Funny guy. First cat was funnier, though. New Mexico is a strange place. <laughs> Land of enchanted weirdos. I also had a little run-in with fate. <sighs> Graham, listen to me. I'm not speaking in riddles, either. Keep your distance. He's no good for anybody. Hmm. Well, that's not true. I did see fate give this random guy ten grand for, like, no reason. Five minutes earlier, he was just tossing nails into random car tires in the parking lot. Fate just... Kinda does whatever he wants, when he wants to do it, and doesn't care what any of us have to say about it. 
can see why you thought I was being cryptic. On our third and final day, we wanted to cover as much ground as possible between Gold Hill and Black Mountain. Lucy showed interest at Pioneer Lake, sniffing and pawing at the water. And again at the Caribou Mine, she seemed to lock in on something, but never signaled, and eventually we moved on. From there, we headed northwest. They really caught Mr. Kool-Aid? That's what it looks like. Twitter's blowing up. I just saw the headline. I haven't had the chance to read much about it yet. Think it's the right guy? After this long, they wouldn't make an arrest unless they knew for sure they had their man. Lucy was 300 yards away and up on a small hill when she started barking. You have something, Lucy? Does that constitute a hit? It appears that way, yes. Here, hold this. Usually I would want to double check, but I don't know. With the way she's indicating, I'd say let's go ahead and take a look. Watch your step. We need to call this in. Don't touch anything. Dan promised he would call me with any updates, and I went back to the Blue Mesa. I vibrated with anxiety as I watched a pair of teens in Taekwondo uniforms kick boards. This could be it. We might have actually found him. On my last night in town, I decided to do what I'd been putting off since my first night. Talking to the locals. Before heading out, I left a reply in the notebook. In big square letters, I wrote, Fuck off. Do you have a moment to talk? Oh, is this about Mr. Kool-Aid? I can't believe they finally caught him. Have you heard about any people going missing from this area? Last year, a senior at my high school went missing three months before graduation. They found her Mazda abandoned just off the highway. Door open, radio on, everything, but no sign of her. As far as I know, she's still listed as a missing person. Oh yeah, all the time. There's stories about the gorge, about the forest, aliens, <laughs> government black ops helicopters, the hum, all kinds of stuff. But me, personally, nah, I've never seen anything. I was finding that around 60% of the people inhabiting Taos at any one time are tourists who are just here to enjoy the skiing and art. It was already late when I heard Jack, the Blue Mesa bellhop, calling my name. Graham Anderson! I thought that was you. It's me, the lady with the big red glasses. Look at you, Graham. You got your microphone and your notebook. And your pants and everything. If I'm not mistaken, it looks like you're out here trying to get a little sample of the local flavor. That's exactly what I'm doing. Yeah. And you didn't call me. Graham, you should have come to me first. I would have hooked you up. I should have called Jack. That's right. You should have called Jack. Oh, hey, Graham. This is my sister, Pat. Pat, this is Graham Anderson, the, uh, podcaster. Nice to meet you, Pat. 
to your famous podcaster. Do you know Lauren Lapkus? I don't know who that is. She's brilliant. How do you even... Do you not even listen to podcasts? Fair enough. <laughs> I'm new to the medium, but I do have a few in rotation. I like Case File. Ew. Gross. You ever listen to the Drabblecast? That sounds familiar. It's so damn good. You should check it out. Better than your bullshit show. What? What? How much longer are you in town? Tonight's my last night. I fly out tomorrow at noon. Then we got plenty of time. I insist you let me and Pat show you around. We can give you a real taste of Taos. The Subjective Truth is a Good Point Podcast. Written and produced by Jeremy Ellett. This episode featured performances from Roger J. Thatcher Aurore Gother Josh Rubino Chris Butera Drew Coker Baggio Alvarado Bailey Cucero Stephanie Fultz and Addison Peacock as Graham Anderson Vocal direction by Danielle Ellett. Editing and sound design by Jeremy Ellett. Music by Baggio Alvarado. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.